Welcome to the Bar Bar. <laughs> You're on Island City with the Bar Bar. I'm your host, Mr. Rich D. Joining me as always, Mr. Vince T. Yo, what's up, everybody? Today, we got Mr. Poulan Speaks, the YouTube Nicholas Cage, hey. the historian. Um, so you got to make sure that everyone heard that. See, a lot of people don't understand. You're the you're the historian from all the way from the Guam, the Marianas. Uh, but uh, man, I want to thank you for coming on today. I know it's uh, we've been trying to make this happen for a while now, and uh, you finally made it on. I know it's good. It's fantastic to be here with my my prim all the way from. You're no longer in San Fran, right? You're in. Oh no, where, San, where you San, San Diego. I'm in. I'm in NorCal now. Oh, okay. You're in NorCal. Okay. North Cal. <laughs> North Northern California. I consider it Northern California. A lot of people don't, but you know, whatever. Uh, once you get, to, you know, it's it's weird. It's a weird thing. It's a weird situation. But you know, yeah. I'll explain it's it later. Big, I mean, yeah. I'll explain it later when you get out here and, and visit. Yeah. <laughs> Thank um, you for having me on. I appreciate it. So a little bit, Amanda. Let's just talk a little bit about you. Um, sure thing. You you started some videos about. Uh, let me say like three years ago. Correct. Um, and a lot of them were language ones and um, kind of like how to speak tomorrow, how to use like certain um, nouns, verbs in that in in tomorrow. Which is right. it's kind of a, um, I don't know, is it, is it a dying language still at this point? Well, well, t- well. T- let me ask you this: How how would you define a dying language, Rich? Uh, I would say by the percentages of people who can actually speak it, and if that's on an incline or decline of uh, as generations are moving forward. Mm. Oh, in that sense, then then yeah, I would consider the Chamorro language absolutely a a dying language just based upon just the intergenerational transmission which is very very low right now although there is a comeback there is a comeback you know you know this this reminds me of the 2016 nba finals (laughs) you know you got you got golden state up 3-1 you know but hey that language is making a comeback right now so 40 years from now, we're, we're still going to see speakers oh, 40 years from now. I thought you were going to say Rich is like LeBron James. And I'm like, yeah, let's, <laughs> um, let's not, you know. <laughs> no, he, no, no, no. Ain't no one over here LeBron jumping on James tables and throwing and, and clapping some damn powder in that, there. I'll tell you that. <laughs> that shit does nothing for the game. I don't know what that is. It's not WWE. Stop jumping on tables hey, and fucking hey, doing powder. Pre, pre, pre-game rituals. Pre-game rituals, hey, man. That is the dumbest pre-game ritual. I'd be like, what? man, why are, you, why are you wasting baby powder? I'm sure you can afford it. <laughs> did, did you know that MJ did that too? Well, then that's a copycat. How about that? Now you got to copy. No, that's exactly what inspired him. <laughs> Is it? I yes. Can't, I can't steal an LBJ. Sorry. Just not a, not a fan. MJ. MJ MJ's did that. fine. MJ's but when LBJ things. does it, it's, it's not dumb. good. It's, it's, I see. It's, I see. Yeah. Okay. No one likes yeah. it. Yeah. That's, that's uh, Northern. Everybody hates it. Anyway, let's go back on topic because uh, I won't get into the sports. Um... Okay, so you you do that, and that you know it, it does it does pretty good. I would say I watched it because I think at that time we were really big in Arencha, and we were trying to get some movement with language and try to understand the language a little bit more. Um, right, right. When we were back on Guam, I would say that it's way easier to um, learn the language for sure. Right when you're going when you're hearing it constantly, at least within the the, uh, the group of community people right. that we were in immediately. 
which are all dancers. You know, you're always singing it, chanting it. It's constantly used around you. Um, we were picking it up way faster than when we were out here, right? I mean, it's just, it's hard. And I feel like that, that has to happen. You have to constantly be in conversation uh, with Chamorro. Um, but anyway, so you take that. Uh, at that time, you're still going to school, right? Yeah. You're attending UOG? Yes. And what were you doing over at UOG at that time? Or what, were you, what was your study? No, I, I, I was doing a double major in... No, actually, since I started, I already did my... I already finished my undergraduate degree in political science and sociology. So that was when I was in my, my graduate days at the... And I was doing uh, Micronesian studies at the University of Guam at, at, the, at the fall 2016. So when I started the channel, it was during my studies of Micronesian studies... Okay. Which also, you know, gave me access to the material and the expertise to start producing these videos and so on. Now, real quick before we move forward, were those um, kind of related? Did you do those to help your your studies, to help your um, your major and all that stuff, or was that just no, a side, no, no, no. was that just a side project you wanted to do yourself? The latter, a side project. Yes. Okay. Um. Okay, that's interesting. So, so then it comes around. I think 2018 is your first like historical, like history uh you video. Does that sound right? See my first history video. I wonder. I wonder what. I, I think so. I think so. 2018, something like that. Okay. 2018. I know. I I started because the, you know, the original intent was just to make uh, regional videos, also including language. I just so happened to make a bunch of language videos first, but then I started diverging to other regional topics here in the region of Micronesia, such as suicide in Micronesia. Mm. And, and and yeah, so and the rest is history. So around 2018, 2019, yes. Um, real quick, I think this also is uh, Suicide Prevention Month. Um, oh, really? And not that I know too much about the suicide uh, rate in Guam. Is that big? The suicide rates here in Guam... Uh, Man, I had all the numbers before. I don't recall it now, but I know that statistically speaking, in the region of Micronesia, it it's a statistically it's a, it's much more higher than in the United States. So that's way like what per capita or something? Yeah, way, yeah. When you adjust per capita per one hundred thousand, it's much much more higher. Higher. I, I need I need to look back at those numbers, but I just know it's much much higher. Uh, was there? What was the? Did you ever find like the reasoning? Like, was it um, due to, uh, you know, island life or un unable to get off the island or maybe they went for the military and just weren't able to get in? Right. Well, I can't really speak for Guam because Guam is in a, it's a more complicated causes and effects on Guam. And, and I, I haven't done the research here on Guam, but in terms of the other Micronesian islands, you know, such as in the Federated States of Micronesia, Chuk, the, the reason is more of a... A, a cultural uh, a shift which is due to you know the breakup of the, the the nuclearizations of the family there and what I mean by that is that you know where you have a community back then you you had a community in the 60s 70s that you would take care of each other in a community and when you have conflict with your parents for example you could go to your auntie your uncle so it's more of that extended family but due to the you know the changing of the culture brought in by the the economic changes and so on that that started shifting so so a lot of the the suicides there which were which were one of the highest in the world by the way in the 60s 70s was was due to the youth losing the sense of of adolescent socialization and safety net systems 
that was in their traditional culture, but has changed. Oh, okay. Wow, that's a uh, that's really interesting to, to know. Um, I wonder, I wonder how that like pairs up with American suicide. If that's kind of similar. Of, yeah, I, I don't know. I'm just kind of venturing off because that's some information I, I was never uh, privy to prior to, to you just right. letting me know right now. Um, okay, so then you you do that, and then you have your videos. I'm pretty sure it was 2018 because I mean, I was I mean I was uh, I'm pretty like uh, involved in your your uh, YouTube channel, which is uh, Poolan Speaks. If you guys if no one knows, it's Poolan Speaks it's on YouTube. He has some great information out there. A lot of uh, and you've done a lot more recently. You've done a, you've done a lot more recently. You've done oh, you're yeah. like you're dropping them like once a week. Yeah, oh, absolutely. Because I I figure out a good uh, a workflow. <laughs> good workflow. Good. Uh, can you feel us? Yeah. The plus, can you let us know what that is because we, we we need that. <laughs> well, one you could just just <laughs> this guy, just record all your stuff in one day, then just uh, start editing it out, and then just all release it per week, man. You heard it first. That's awesome. Okay, so you you um you get some of those history videos in, um, and that starts taking off like. Whoop, sorry, I got my kids behind me. Oh Jesus! <laughs> oh, sorry. You know that's what happens when you have a studio in your house. <laughs> that was my kids getting dragged by his legs by his brother. <laughs> um, just the worst, man. It's like, you know, does Joe Rogan have to deal with this shit? I think uh, Joe Rogan uh, hires his own uh, baby There you go. Let me help these guys. Take over real quick. All right. All right. All right, Vince. Um, so you were saying, uh, so take us to your most recent content. Actually, what we were talking about off air um, was the topic of, oh my God. you actually asked me, do I consider myself Micronesian, right? Yes. So what I told you is that I said yes, but without having the in-depth knowledge or having done my own personal research, right? Right. And I said, you know, out here, um, we try uh, to make it a standpoint, especially, um, you know, during during March, our CCF month, you know, when we meet new people, we say, you know, we're ch- ch- Chamorros from Micronesia. Um, and from my understanding, uh, you said it, m- it might be a different opinion um, on Guam. Was that correct? Oh, well, yeah. Well, you know, there's, there's, you know, of course, you know, when... You know, there, there's a lot of variations of how people think about these things. It's very varies from person to person, sure. as as we all know. So, so, but, but, yeah, like when you said that, you know, you have no problem with saying you're Micronesian, you know, and you said that apparently, you know, you and a lot of people, Chamorros out there, have no problem saying they're Micronesian. So, and and I'm guessing you understand it from you know that geographic sense, right? right that's what that most of us do. Not the Marianas. Yeah, exactly. It's from. Micronesia, therefore you're Micronesian. But but a lot of people here in, in Guam they, they don't understand it in that same sense because they associate Micronesians to to Chuk, to Yap, to these other to the Federated States of Micronesia and even to 
Palau and to the Marshalls. And of course, it varies. Some some only think that only it's from the Chukis, only they are. Then some don't even consider Palauans. But in general, though, they consider, you know, the, the people from the FSM, the people from Palau and the RMI as Micronesian. They don't consider themselves Micronesian because that's how they understand the term Micronesian. They would just say, I'm not Micronesian, I'm Samoru or I'm a I'm a Pacific Islander or I'm a Guamanian. One of those terms. But in general, you know, there's a lot of people who would say they're not Micronesian because they associate it <clears throat> with other islanders here in Micronesia. Man, that's crazy. Um, actually, two years ago, we had on the on our uh, podcast uh, some guests who were uh, Chamorros who were... Um, one, the mom was born on Guam, moved to Hawaii later, and then uh, the son was born on Hawaii, or he was raised on Hawaii. I can't remember. I can't remember exactly. Right, right. But on in Hawaii, they wouldn't say that they're Micronesian, and the reason why was because in, in Hawaii they had in Micronesia, or in Hawaii, Micronesians have such a bad rap. Right. Uh, and all the racism So they don't want to deal with that So they just say they're Chamorro Or Guamanian Which I felt like uh, In my mind was weird I, I was like Whoa I mean That's what we are right Like we're part of that whole Area We're, we're Micronesians right. um, But yeah I mean I think that's weird That that's how they um, I don't know Maybe it's not weird I mean I guess it's all Maybe it depends on Like era Right of what yeah, you grew up cause, in, because like the term Micronesian, that didn't that term wasn't even around until very now. Of course, the term Micronesia existed since the 1800s, but identifying yourself as Micronesian is a very very recent thing that that only really started happening in the 50s and the 60s, as I said in that that video I made. Mm -hmm. And and yeah, it's such a recent thing, and here on Guam especially. When, when people from the Federated States of Micronesia started coming here, that's when the term Micronesian started coming into the consciousness of the Chamorro people here. They're like, oh, these people from this place called the Federated States of Micronesia, which, mind you, has the name Micronesia in it. Therefore, they're called Micronesian. So that's where this association of Micronesian comes with just associating these particular peoples as Micronesian. Now this understanding of a geographic sense, right? You know, that comes with with a, with a different type of understanding, you know, where you know, you're educated enough to know that, that this region of Micronesia, that the Marianas is in it, therefore this is, but not everyone was raised to think that way in particular. It's not necessarily because, you know, that these people are racist, right? I'm sure some of them definitely have these discriminatory attitudes, right? Absolutely, but it's, 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 they were brought up in this tradition where this idea of identifying as Micronesian, right, is not, they, they never said they were Micronesian. They associated with these other people because they come from this other place in Micronesia. So it's how they were raised and brought up and, you know, trying to change people's habits, right? You know, that, that's a difficult thing. Old habits die hard. Mm. Oh, that's interesting. Um, okay, so sorry about that whole, uh, Makana thing, he came in here and he tried to, you know, bogart <laughs> the studio. Told him it's not, it's not a daycare here. Um, so let me jump back in uh, a little bit on the on the video. Um, so you've you've done a lot. Once again, that's on Poolan Speaks on YouTube. You have a bunch of history um, things you've been kind of running down. Right. Um, one of the, the one of the latest ones you did and that I watched. Uh, 
Well, that was actually what we just talked about, which is a misconception. Um, but you also had one for Magellan, right? It, where, right, where, right? What Magellan actually saw and how there's two different sides of the story. Right. Um, so I, I'm more curious, like, and I, I mean, I, maybe you care about, like, you know, who saw what and at what angle, whatever. Right. I'm more interested in, like, as a historian, as you are uh, becoming, like, a, a historian, you're reading books and you're, you're trying to decipher from one angle, one aspect of someone's point of view, which is kind of weird because not even is it from our point of view, it's, it's from a European point of view. Right. Or, or like Spanish oh. coming down and, and all that stuff. So right. that's kind of even, that's different for me. And I, and, um, so what I, my question is, is like, as you start reading into other people's journals and stuff like that, is that you making your thought process like work? Or is that someone else's like, well, you can read this journal and this is where, where it is and, you know, and then flip this open. Or are you actually going to the, reading these journals and, and kind of making your own um, theory or thesis behind uh, what you what you think they might have been doing? Right. So, 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 yeah, so you're talking about the process of historiography, the writing of history, you know, when you have all these documents. Okay, don't be using no big words on this damn show, okay? Thanks, Rich. Don't be using no big words on this damn show. I was just like this. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> it's historiography. What? I just so, sorry. I thought I thought I was in my my thesis defense. You know, it, it feels like I'm in a a thesis defense right now. So I hey, just, so I actually yeah. saw this guy's thesis defense when he's uh, doing his uh, thing for USG. Oh man, it was the funniest shit I've ever seen in my life. Just FYI. But um, yeah, keep on going. So, Go on. So okay, yeah. so. Okay, so the process of writing history, what historians, right? And you called it what? But <laughs> historiography, right. the, the methodology, right? <laughs> so, so yeah, so so there's a lot of different philosophical, or there's a lot of different ways people look at the. <laughs> you guys are just tracking me up. No, <laughs> I'm just, I'm like, I'm like, don't say hysterectomy, mother. <laughs> <laughs> That's a procedure. <laughs> I know that one for sure. Histor- <laughs> Yeah, yeah, man. Okay, so uh, historiography. Yeah, yeah. The, so, so again, you know, you know, the thing is that people didn't start actually like looking at sources and and being and using the scientific method towards it until very recently, like maybe in the past two hundred years. Before mm. people would literally just make like make up stuff to fill in the gaps or make up speeches and all that stuff. So it's only recently where we have this this idea of history where oh we're trying to interpret using the scientific method you know looking at you know looking at the methodology and so on so so whenever i i look at for me personally when i look at the the documents there's always going to be an element of interpretation no matter what type of history you write you know Mm. since you are the author you have to choose what you want to include you have to choose what you don't want to include you you have to make the connections sometimes you have to fill in the gaps but you know you have to make it you know, then you use your discretion whether you want to make it logical. You have to determine you, external criticism, internal criticism. Is the documents reliable? Are they valid? And if so, what happens when there's conflicting information in the documents? How do you reconcile this? So these are all types of of things that you know, you know, histo- and again, that historians that I'm not officially you know one, but that they have to think about whenever they're they're writing a history. You know, you can't just say these are the facts. This is it. No, no, you can't do that. You know, that's just that's just putting a timeline on the past. But you still, when you're writing history, 
interpreting, you have to put your interpretation and so on of it. It's not a neutral process. You're influenced by your current values, by your current and so on. So whenever I do that in terms of that Magellan one, you know, I saw how there's there's different accounts and how there were contradictions in the accounts themselves. So for example, the big one is that Pigafetta says that Antonio Pigafetta says that there were there were three islands that were spotted, right? While everyone else said that there were two islands. So if one guy says there are three islands, everyone else says that there's two islands, you, you have to ask yourself, so who's right? Is it Picafetto or is it all these other people? And then there's all know. these other lines hey, of did, evidence. Did everybody else drink or was Picafetto <laughs> the only one that's sober? Hey, man, that's, <laughs> that's the thing. Yeah, but, but basically using the historical process, looking at all the lines of evidence besides those documents, you know, there's other lines of evidence. You can determine that Picafetto was probably mistaken when he said there were three islands. Mm. Right? So, so yeah. yeah, so something like that. Okay, so in this in this whole process, um, is there like a historian Reddit where you guys will like post all the things of your theories, and then you have it like attacked and like broken down by other historians? Like, nah, nah, you have to think about this, you have to think about that. Yeah, you know? well, oh, oh, that, oh, yeah, that's that's what you call when you when you publish it, right? And there, there's the peer the peer review process. That's exactly what happens. I personally never published any history papers, but just based on the standard peer review process, once you write down this history, right, you send it all to these other historians who specialize in that or whatever, and then they tear it apart looking for holes, be like, this doesn't make sense. You know, screw mm. you, this doesn't make sense, right? And then after yeah. that process is done, when they give you recommendations, you fix them, whatever, then at the end, then you publish it, and then the cycle keeps continuing and continuing. So yeah, that basically, yeah. Wow, okay. Yeah, that's interesting, man. I mean, uh, just hearing kind of the process of being like a, a historian and or, you know, um, yeah, someone who's, yeah, wants to be a historian and wants to publish something. Like, I never thought about all those processes of like that having to happen, you know what I mean? And right. now, now it kind of makes me actually re respect a lot more work that's actually actually pub published because you've probably went, people have gone through those, uh, those uh, reticules and those, you know, people oh, like torment, you know. Absolutely. And, and let me just be clear for my videos. Again, no one peer reviews them. They're all there because, the you know, the Internet's unregulated. You can publish whatever you want. But I try to keep my videos as close to the academic process without being too uh, esoteric about it. So that's what I try to do for mine. Right. So again, uh, again, I no one has been like I guess the peer review process is in the comment section so yeah. that's that's yeah, what I'm about to say think, well yeah. do you ever read you ever read your comment section oh yeah yeah most of yeah. them just make me laugh you know and I, I love I love them I love the comments oh you do yeah especially oh, in the this one video of the this one where I recorded the Black Lives Matter protests here on Guam I love those comments they were amazing <laughs> oh my goodness <laughs> Oh, I didn't see it. I didn't see that one. Um, man, okay, so so this is the that's the process, and then you so what's currently what let me ask you this. Uh actually, you know, before we get there, let's just cut that. Like once again, man, I want to thank everybody for joining us here on Island City where the beach meets the streets. It's me and Vince T with Pooland Speaks. He has a YouTube channel, go check it out. It's a bunch of history, uh, some language here and there. 
Um, but a lot of it's a lot of history from the uh, Marianas. Actually, he just did a uh, recent one on the uh, Federal Federated States of Micronesia. Um, right. That one was actually pretty interesting. Uh, that was a lot more information than I, you know, uh, a lot more information, a lot more processes that I thought that, that I knew they went through. You know what I mean? Oh, I thought they were like, yo, hey, guys, us together? Yo, huh? what do you guys think? Yeah. <laughs> Everybody else is teaming up. Why can't we? Oh, yeah, that was... <laughs> Bro, imagine they just teamed up like saying out getting drunk. Yeah, drunk like he was just like, yo, we, we need to team up. Yeah. Yeah, right? Me, you, you, huh? No, us? No, 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 not you. Together? Not you. <laughs> yeah, not you, not you, not you, not you, uh, Marianas. So, uh, it sounded like that was a lot of drama, too. It sounded like that was a lot absolutely, of Absolutely, absolutely. And that's stuff that we can actually, like, date back, right? That's not like, you know, turn of the century kind of shit. Like, that's just, like, recent, right? Yeah. Just yeah, like past- that's crazy. Yeah. Um, so, you also have some shows on Poolan Speaks with a bunch of other historians. Um, and those, are, those, those channels are really good. I mean, those episodes are really good. And you have some long interviews with those uh, individuals. Uh... I'm trying to think of the the one more recent one that you did. Um, God, I can't think of his name. Mm. R- anyway. Robert Underwood. Yes, Robert Underwood. That one was uh, was really good and, and actually fairly longer than I think the other ones, right? Um, so, how do you when you talk with um, with those historians? How do you prepare yourself to interview them? Like, what are some of the processes you think about? That's a, that's a great question, uh, question, Rich. So one of the things is that first, you know, I want to find out what is the focus we want to talk about because, you know, we can't just talk about everything because then it'll be like a 50-hour video. Yeah. So so create a focus. So, for example, with, uh, with uh, David Hanlon, a renowned Pacific historian retired from the UH Manoa, right? My, my focus was on his... On his uh, one of his books was on making Micronesia, remaking Micronesia, which his thesis was basically in that book is that the United States was making Micronesia for its own personal gain, for the United States personal gain and the image of it to fit with them, right? So then we discuss on that and the questions come from there. So just, I pick a thesis, a focus topic, and then go on from there. Hmm. And then uh, you also had, because um, Robert Underwood, I mean, I feel like I've seen him a lot, at least in the, the Chamorro News and things like that. And recently, uh, he had had a, um, I don't know if you brought this up in that conversation, um, but the decolonization of Guam. Right. And I believe he, he had said in one interview that I hope that the people, whatever they decide, that will finally let, let, like, let, let this rest. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? Like, don't. If they choose to stay with, uh, you know, uh, independence or uh, to be a, a, a colony or whatever, uh, can't think of the damn name. Uh, but yeah, that, that basically it's, it, it lays to rest. If they go independent, lay it to rest. You know, just um, it's, it's created too much of a divide within the people. Um, what do you think about that? Because I know you're on the strong side did, of decolonization. Did he really say that? I believe so. I think it was in, in a random interview that I had recently saw. Not recently. Maybe this is like three years ago. Maybe even four. Okay. Um, uh, but he had said that. He had said that uh, in, in one of his interviews. That in, he knows where he, he stood, but wherever whatever side um, people were going to fall on, that the whole island had agreed upon it. 
Right. So, so I guess my my stance on that, just to give a a very short answer, and is is basically um, I am for whatever is in the the best interests of Guam, right? And decolonization, whatever the outcome is, I am for it. Whatever the outcome is, or as long as Guam is decolonized, that's what matters. Now, I do have my preferences. For example, I would prefer. Free, free association with the U.S. or independence over statehood. I would definitely prefer those two over that. But at the end of the day, whatever you know happens in terms of decolonization, as long as Guam is decolonized, at least politically speaking, then that's what's important. Yeah, that's definitely that definitely sounded like a uh, political uh, response. <laughs> Like you could just say, you know what? Yeah, fuck that shit. I'd rather just be independent. You can just, hey, you ain't got to do it here, baby. We're on the par bar. You can say that shit. Um, I got a question real quick. Yeah. Um, just yeah. Of course. I, I think this might have been a, a, a round table discussion we've had previously, but um, how does our does our, does our voice count out here? In in in, oh, that, in that in that same respect. Yeah, I don't see why not. Yeah, because I mean, you know? we obviously don't live there, so it, it right. make a difference, right? Well, no. Well, 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 here's here's the interesting thing, though. Like, you know, while the while, you know, the experiences of you know, like Chamorros who are living abroad, right, who are not living in the Marianas, right, they they are different and so on. But but the fact is, is that in terms of the experiences here on Guam and and the process of decolonization, correct? So I would say that that while you guys aren't exactly direct stakeholders, right? Right? Because, you know, you're already living out there and so on. You, you, you still will be affected by this process because the Marianas is ultimately your, your homeland. Right. So yes, you do have a voice. There, there were conferences that were organized out there, you know, in support of independence, for example, like back in 2017, 2018. Definitely, definitely, you, you definitely, you, y'all have definitely a voice in this and to express your your views, to even write to the congressmen out there to to support from afar, to provide support, absolutely. Hmm. Can I mail in my ballot? Yeah, <laughs> your ballot, your ballot. <laughs> Do I have to provide ID? You have to provide. I don't ID. want to. Oh gosh, yeah. I don't want to. Oh gosh, I want to mail it, and I want to. I don't want to provide ID. Uh, we do have a question uh, from somebody out there. Uh, this comes from Jonah. Uh, might be off topic, but what are your thoughts about Micronesians that move to Hawaii and cause drama? Not sure if that's something you know about. Not saying they're all bad, but a heavy percentage, a heavy percentage of them are. Yeah. So my my thoughts on that is this: is that you know, first I would say the way the question is framed, you know. What do you think the Micronesians causing drama? You know, the fact is, is that the way that these, the crime statistics, the way that, that just how that's gathered is incredibly biased. For example, here on Guam, right? While, while, you know, non-Tremoral Micronesians, you know, while the statistics show per portion, they commit higher crimes, you have to find out, you know, is it because the police are more likely to arrest and record, you know, them doing the crimes and so on? 
And you know, I, I would suggest to to look at that in a more neutral light, which is instead of asking, you know, you know, how the Micronesians causing the drama over there in Hawaii, you know, try to rephrase it and look at it like a research question, you know, is like, you know, what is the reason for why there's a higher proportion of crime by by this certain group of people called Micronesians, you know? Because that, that makes it more of a neutral point of view and then you could now look at the answers and so on. And so just from my, and those are my initial thoughts on it, I would say that, that a lot of it probably has to do not with the fact that they're predisposed to commit crimes, but it has more have to do with, you know, there needs to be cultural adjustments. A lot of it has to also do with, you know, the police are more likely to re report record those crimes committed by those specific peoples and and with integration because for example while you're saying that look here in hawaii you're saying oh look at all these crimes if you look at micronesian communities in the united states you know th there's famous cases of those there the crime rate is incredibly low it's incredibly great out there but those stories of those micronesian communities right that that are not fitting with this narrative that they're bad and so on those aren't necessarily covered all the time and and i will send uh, rich and vince i'll send them the case studies of those oh yeah i'd love yeah. that um it's actually funny because we not funny um but we had did uh, a show on that in the past as well and uh from the conversation was was basically that when you rip somebody out of their their homeland and kind of put them, you know, place them over into a place like Hawaii, which is super busy, right. liquor stores everywhere, you know, they're just not used to that kind of living. And then they can't provide um, the, the lifestyle that they want, once did or, or you know, want to. It just becomes a a, a, a mischief for uh, um, bad things happening, I think. Right. Um, you know, and that that kind of sucks. You know, it just sucks to be in that put in that position. I, I couldn't imagine if I was put in that, that weird position. Um, you know, throw me on an island. I could do a couple things, but I ain't doing everything. <laughs> you know, right. I'm buying most of my shit. <laughs> yeah. So, so thank you for the question. Whoever asked that, that was a great question. Um, okay. So he said, uh, "Oh, just a response." He said, "I could, I could, I agree." Uh, I could have worked that differently. I could have worded that differently. But like yesterday, 16-year-old Micronesian was killed yesterday, armed Absolutely. robbery. And people are, were blaming the police for killing him. I mean... Uh, man, that, that's, a, that's an ongoing question for Yeah, that's going to right? turn... I mean, that's that's going to end up turning into a BLM thing. I don't want to <laughs> march down that, that, that path. Um... Okay, real quick, because I think we're, yeah, we're coming at the time. Uh, once again, guys, we're on Island City where the beach beats the streets.
Poolan Speaks, and he has a YouTube channel on a uh, channel on YouTube called Poolan Speaks. Histories over there, over there, great interviews. He has uh, some language things down there. I did want to jump in this because this is one of my hot topics. Let's do it. It's a, pers- it's a personal do frustration it. with do me. It. Rich's rants. Let's okay. Go. It's not a Rich's oh. rants. Okay. I just want clarification for people who don't know. Or, you know, you shit, even myself. Um, Asking for a friend. Oh, man. John Palau said, uh, BLM. Uh, brown, brown Lies Maulik. Brown Lies Maulik. I'm going to make that into a shirt. So. Oh, man. <laughs> oh, oh, man. God. Crack me up. Hey, FYI, man. John Palau, great artist, man. Uh, he was out here on, in San Diego, and he, he did a performance here at the Guam Club. Um, man, it was awesome. And like I said, man, great voice, too. Um, real quick. Okay, so I wanted to kind of cover um, Austronesian uh, descent and the timeline of Austronesian ancestry, language. I mean, it's a big thing to try to encompass in, like, 20 minutes, even, like, probably an hour. Right. Um but explain what the Austronesian. Um, so, let me explain what I know. There is a tribe, uh, this Austronesian timeline, and this uh, this is where I learned about it. Right. And so, the Festival of Pacific Arts that happens every four years is based off the uh, Austronesian um, timeline or descent or migration. Migration. That's the word I was looking for. Right. The Austronesian migration um, comes from about Southeast Asia, travels through. Um, I think Micronesia kind of comes up to, and it kind of goes through the Pacific. Let's just say that. Right. Anyway, there's like a descendants and, and ancestry there that's there. And so it kind of connects a lot of the people in the Pacific. Right. Um, there's also language. Uh, is there art in, included in that? What's that? Art? Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. I, I would say so, yeah. Okay. Um, so any in any case, I'll let the historian do it. I'll let Nick <laughs> Cage from Guam take care of it. God. But I just I want to I want clarification uh, on what Austronesian really means. Yeah. So so let me just uh, say this. I have a video actually coming out looking on the the origins of Pacific Islanders and these migrations that will come out within a week or two, which exactly visualizes that. So this is basically from the video what I'm about to say. So Austronesian though. Um, now this part, you know, obviously since the videos can't be like one hour, I have to shorten out. So just to be, so just to clarify some things, the term Austronesian, right? It has heavy debate on what exactly that means because that that is supposed to specifically refer to only a language family, people who speak Austronesian languages, right? So that could be, you could be literally any, any person, right, of any ancestry, Black, white, whatever, you know. But as long as you speak an Austronesian language, you would be considered an Austronesian-speaking people. Now, the thing is, is that the reason why we say Austronesian peoples, right, or Austronesians' descent, is because um, some people are they're they're conflating, you know, they're conflating biology with culture with language when those things don't necessarily conflate. Right, and plus it's more simplified to try to understand it like that. So let me just make that point very clear that Austronesian is not necessarily a genetic unit of a people, right? It, it refers to speakers, a family of people who speak in Austronesian language, part of that Austronesian family. That's why 
I guess the technical term is Austronesian speaking people of East Asian ancestry. Okay. But you know, that's a, that's a lot to say. But, yeah. but then again, you know. And, and, then right. you, and they use some big fucking words, so that word. <laughs> <laughs> so, so but, but again, you know, there's people who would argue there, there's close enough relations, correlation, whatever, to just say Austronesian people. So let's just use that for now, okay? Let's just go okay. with that side. Let's just assume that is, okay? So, okay. 2500, so around 2500 BCE, right? Or 45. I, def- I, I 40- definitely, okay, I just want to, before you start that, hope you like throw some visuals where like this little fucking thing jumps in. Bloop, 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 bloop. <laughs> <laughs> and then this thing jumps in. So I can like make sure that I can visualize this. I'm just saying, I'm a visual learner. So I right, want yeah. like little, hey, little fucking I'll have those jumping. arrows. I'll have a map just for you. I'll yeah. have a map. Just for you. I'll just use my, do like a picture of my face and I cut it off and I put on like a stick body and like have it walk in. Is that cool? <laughs> this guy, yeah. man. I'll do that for you. <laughs> Yo, do that. You, you want to be a producer on Poolan Speaks? You do that, Richard Face thing? That should be great. All right. Okay. Next okay. part. So, yeah. So, and, and again, let me make this other point clear too. You know, Pacific Islanders aren't just the descendants of the Austronesian-speaking people of East Asian ancestry, right? They're also the okay. descendants of of an earlier migration 40,000 years ago, thou- tens of thousand years prior to the Austronesians. The Austronesians is the newest expand. It's the young. It's the earlier. I mean, it's the younger, the most recent migration. There's a migration okay. 40 that more than 40,000 years ago. And for what we'll just say, they're the Papuans, right? Non-Austronesian speakers, they're generally darker skin, generally shorter, right? And they settled in that, you know, I guess I would just call it the New Guinea area. And even in the Philippines, in Australia, the Aboriginals, Australians, right? The the modern Papuans, right? Mm-hmm. And all those tribes, they are descended from this, uh, this first migration, or you could say many human waves of migrations, and we just call them Papuans, right? So let's make that point clear. So then when the Austronesians started coming out, right, from from Taiwan or the, and that Southeast China area, they went through the Philippines, right? Starting around 2500, 2000 BCE. Then a stream, right, went to the Marianas, right? Okay, around 1500 BCE. So you got that first migration to the Marianas around 1500 BCE. Okay. Then it kept going down, right? Kept going down. It went down. Then then there was splits. There was one stream that went to the Indonesia, right? That area where, you know, you got all the Indonesians there, right? Then there's one that went to the north coast of New Guinea, right? And there around, that's around 1300 BCE, you see something called the Lapita. Right, the Lapita Cultural Complex. I'm sure you all heard of this before, right? Right? I have. You you heard? Of, <laughs> have you heard of this, Vince? The Lapita? No. The Lapita peoples? Honestly, okay. no. <laughs> okay, gotcha. Okay, well, it's a big thing with the Polynesians and so on. So, yeah, yeah. the Lapita. So, so the Austronesians, right? Through interaction with this, uh, the the Papuans there, right? That population that was there for thousands of years already, right? There was this development of something called the Lapita Cultural Complex. Okay, so it's this, and it's, and they have this distinct type of pottery, right? And so this Lapita Cultural Complex, right? Again, which is correlated with the Austronesians, 
right? They went and they started expanding into New Caledonia, Vanuatu, Fiji, Samoa, and Tonga around, I would say, give or take 1100 BCE to 800 BCE, around that time. They, this Lapita Austronesian speaking peoples expanded there, correct? Okay. And then, then you start seeing genetic mixing between the two groups. You start seeing Papuans and these, you know, of course, hello, they, they live nearby. You, know, you start seeing genetic mixing of Papuans with these East Asian Austronesian speakers, right? And then for some reason, for hundreds of years, no more expansion into the ocean, right? No more expansion into the ocean, okay? It's not until around 100 it's, BC. What's it called? It's called the, it's called the break, the great right. pause. The, yeah, the long or the great. I like that. The great pause. Yeah. Or the, the long pause, right? From that area into the rest of that Oceania area. Called the long pause. You can Google that. Search that up. And so, and then around 100 BCE, right? Right. Or 2100 years ago, the sea levels are starting to lower, which reveals the islands in, 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 the, in the Caroline Islands or Micronesia, right? Many of those Micronesian low-lying islands. So then you see these now more mixed people, right? A Papuan and this, and these Austronesians of East Asian ancestry, right? More mixed of these people. They start migrating through there to, to, to settle Chuk, Ponape, the Marshall Islands, Kerebas, and, and, and Yap, right? So that, that happened around one, between 100 to 200 uh, AD, right? I meant 100 BCE to 200 AD. So in that around 300 year time span, correct? And so then finally around 900 AD or 1000 AD, then you see the people from Tonga and Samoa, right? Those people from that area, then they start span uh, going into what we call Eastern Polynesia where they settle Hawaii, they settled the Cook Islands, they settled the Easter Islands or Rapa Nui. And the most recent one, the youngest settlement is in Aotearoa or New Zealand, and that's around set around 1250 AD. So that Eastern Polynesia area from the Hawaii, Rapa Nui, Aotearoa, that triangle, that was only settled in a thousand years ago. One thousand years really? ago. Really? Yeah. Only oh, wow. one thousand years that. ago, yeah. Why did I know that? I didn't know that. I, I thought you knew that, Rick. <laughs> I, I didn't know that. I, 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 I always thought Hawaii was the youngest. Yeah, so... And yeah, so... Oh, okay. And that, that's basic. And then, then you, of course, see um, Polynesian outliers, they call it, but that's... You know, I'm telling done. you, bro, it's the it's the Chamorro, Nicolas Cage. He's going to find out where Atlantis is. It's going to be right dead smack in the middle of the Pacific. He's gonna flip a map. He's gonna flip a map upside down and be like, "Look, I think I cracked the code." Um, okay, so let me just ask this question. I know you don't want me to, but I'm still gonna kind of ask it. Um, up, bro? There's there's certain villages in the Philippines that are Austronesian, like the, like you said, the darker ones, the short darker ones with like mini froze. <laughs> right. Okay. And that and that that mixes with the the Austronesian descent that kind of makes those uh, darker, I guess, like Papua New Guinea era a, uh, culture. Is that correct? Yeah. So so there, so the so those uh, 
what they call the hill tribes or hill people, whatever, yeah. right? Yeah, those are from that earlier 40,000, you know, between 40 to 60,000 years ago, that earlier migration, right? The mountain people, the mountain yeah, people. Yeah, for, right. yeah, that, that, what they call them. But then there's also the, and then there, and then there's those that came from Taiwan, right? South, Austrian, the Southeast right? Asia. Yeah. yeah. So there's, so the thing is, is that even those mountain people, there's a complete language replacement, right? So they're all Austronesian speakers. So, you would say that yes, they're since they're Austronesian speakers, they're Austronesians. They're Austronesian speakers. But what you're referring to is are they Austronesian of this East Asian ancestry from this Taiwan area? Mm. What the thing is is that many of them are actually from that that descent, right? Mm. From that descent that you could find genet if you look at the genetic studies of right. Polynesians, right, for example. You'll find and even of Chamorros and ancient ancient DNA studies too, right? You'll find that it's absolutely there's genetic connections which directly connect to you know Taiwan and even to parts in the Philippines. You know, you can't you can't argue. The ones in the mountains. Not not the mountains. Not the mountains. Not the mountains. The other the other peoples. <laughs> other peoples. <laughs> Uh, Pula's like, Pula's over there, like, I'm gonna reach in here and slap yeah, my man. Saw that one coming. Hey, hey, you're lucky you're my pre move, Don. <laughs> Got you, Speaking bro. Speaking of pre move, um, Sean Wilford as well. Oh, yeah. Shout out to him. What's up, brother? Um, man, I, I just want to thank you for coming on here. Um, that's a lot of information. And once again, man, if you want to check out all the information, if you join Pula Speaks on YouTube, he also has a uh, Facebook. You know, do you have an Instagram as well? Yeah. Okay. okay, and on IG as well. Um, I'm telling you, it's it's awesome because, man, how how young are you? Uh, guess my age. Guess my my age, bro. Dude, dude, you look like you're 19. Dude, so. you, no, I'm older than that, bro. <laughs> <laughs> what are you like? 23? 25. 25. 25. So 25, man. Uh, trying to. Um, also help the language, keep the history there. And that's, you know, and I'll be honest with you, people like uh, individuals like you, young individuals who are that interested in our culture um, are needed around the world. You know what I mean? Like not just our culture, but like right. all cultures, Samoa, uh, Tonga, um, you know, well, those, those places are pretty thick as, as far as like culturally, but we're, you guys are needed. Yeah. You know Especially what I mean? Because smaller islands. Because when we lose the, you know, the generation above us that, you know, has all the information, mm -hmm. um, it's going to be uh, detrimental to our culture. And um, like Uncle Mario Sackman Borja says, you know, uh, language is begotten of culture. Right. Um, and vice versa. Um, so, man, I just want to thank you for all your hard work. And, man, I appreciate you. Uh, I always love talking to you. you you're definitely one of my, my favorite cousins. I'll say that live on, on, uh, wow. uh, on Facebook. You, you, um, hear, you hear that, JR? <laughs> Damn. Whoa, whoa, whoa. <laughs> I'm joking. I'm joking. I'm cool with JR. I'm cool with JR. So we can. Yeah. No, but I, I, you know, I can't wait. Um, I can't wait to see you when I come back to Guam. Hope you come out here. And once again, man, go check out his channel. Um, hopefully one day he'll be on Island City with us, have our, his own show with us. And, and we you know we've been working on that, but, uh, you know, it's all, yeah. just, it's all about timing, baby. It's all about timing. Um, anything else, man, you want to mention, Pulan? Well, thank you very much, uh, Seduce Ma CC Rich, Seduce Ma CC Vince, for 
Avimian, who gof agradesi, who gof agradesi i tetomizu para i tatatanu. And yeah, that, that's that's all of all I'm gonna about to say because Micronesians, Pacific Islanders, we're all descendants from this uh, from the same source, from this Lapita people, except for the Chamorros and the Palauans were actually from the earlier Austronesians, but we're all basically from the same family. So yeah, yeah. And if all that, man, we're just trying to make it in this crazy world, right. you know, and and uh, we do that shit together. So once again, man, Vince, you got anything else before we head out of here? No, nah, man, I appreciate you dropping all this knowledge. Um, I'm just being a sponge know, right, right now, so, you know, right. I haven't said too much. but It just makes you like rethink yourself about yourself a little bit. You're like, shit, man. <laughs> I need I need to re- rethink about what I be focusing on. <laughs> Gotta stop watching these damn Lakers, man. <laughs> <laughs> All right, then. Hey, with that being said, man, we're gonna get out of here. Appreciate you guys for joining us. Uh, you're on Island City, where the beach meets the streets. Escalators. Escalators. Shoot.